Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time Mofa podcast for round 23, 2022. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who clearly does not want to be here. This is Adam Rosenbachs. G'day Michael, g'day Junk Timers and get fucked football. Fucking hell. Fuck! <laughs> Oh, dude. Okay, okay. This is going to be a bit of a therapy session, okay? Okay? This mm. may not be the funny, the funny, the funny, fun-loving, junk-timing experience that you normally have, okay? There might be times where Adam just has to take a moment. <laughs> Maybe we have a break <laughs> for 10 minutes. Adam, Adam, Mate. as as Robin Williams said in Goodwill Hunting, it's not your fault. Mm. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Part of it I feel like was my fault, though. That's the thing. Like, um, there are bits that I blame myself and the people I was around for the devastating one-point loss to the hands of the arch-rival Collingwood. Fucking hell. And we were in, we were in the eight all year, Carlton. All year. All year. We were in From the round one all, all twenty-two. Yep, to round 23. 22. Yep. Yep. Yeah, just a few minutes more and, you know, you could have been playing on the... Playing on the you know, don't believe in never. You know, that's that's pretty much the theme, <laughs> that's the theme I live by in my life. Dude, yeah, okay, so. okay. The junk time family is putting their arms around you. Um, mm. some some might be doing it with the you know their fingers crossed behind their back, but um, yeah. Okay, so you got to take us through it. So, uh, we actually talked to each other about noon, uh, yesterday and that Sunday. You were heading in. Yeah. So so I wasn't feeling confident. Um, I just, you know, we'd come off three losses. We weren't playing that well. We did, you know, we held our own against Melbourne, but ultimately, uh, you know, let that one go. And so I wasn't, I didn't go there with a, with a you know, uh, I didn't go there with oh, hope. I had no hope, Michael, <laughs> which is how I feel today. I feel... Hopeless in a, the the most um, accurate phrasing of the word. And then Sam I have Walsh was no hope. Sam Walsh was a late withdrawal. Now, why why was he a late withdrawal? I didn't quite pick that up. I think he had a bad. I think he had a sore back. I think he he played through it last week against Melbourne, and then they kind of just he just didn't pull up. And I to that I just say he should have been on so much medication yeah. that he didn't know where he was, but he still knew how to kick a football. I feel like you should be allowed to, like, there should be a new rule where you're allowed to load up at least one player on the team with ketamine. Like, I feel like that should be a rule they bring into the game where, like, okay, you got your ketamine-destinated um, player, you know? So if anything happens to them, 
pre or during the game, no, but, you but, can load them up to ketamine. But ketamine, ketamine's not illegal as such, is it? And I don't think it's performance enhancing. So there is no reason why you can't just go and load them up on ketamine. I mean, if they end up in a K-hole during the game, probably not ideal, but... Um, you know, put them on a fentanyl patch. Get them on the endone. You know, who cares if they don't shit for a week? That's not the point. As long as we win the game, it doesn't matter what happens to these players' bodies. So what was the process? Because you were actually going behind glass, like the humble man that you are. So when did, when, when did you leave home? How did you get to the game? Uh, so I walked to Russell Station in North Fitzroy and caught the train with a friend of mine who was taking my reserve seat uh, in the in the well, not the outer, but in the sort of outer, um, my friend John Paul and he, we jumped on the train and got off at Jollymont, and you could just feel like the train was solid without being chockers, but it just because it was such a beautiful day in Melbourne, it really did have that kind of finals like atmosphere to yep. it. Like you could just feel the build up as you were walking to the ground, and um, it was a beautiful day, and the reserves had played beforehand, so there was a lot going on. You know, it was very the crowd. When I got in there, it felt like most of the people, and I got in probably about 10 to 3, you know, just in time for uh, the meals to be served. Um, And it was pretty much chockers by then. And so you go up to the uh, corporate box. Which box was this? Yep. Fox Footy. Thanks to Fox Footy, I was a guest of theirs and um, was having a chat. So uh, Mark McClure was in there, Mm -hmm. who I know I've, I've done work with sellers before and you know, we were just chatting about our chances and, you know, he felt pretty pretty comfortable and confident. And so I went in going, oh, maybe we could do this, you know. And so, you know, had had a lovely uh, pulled pork with avocado and flatbread and some um, lettuce that was really nice. So that was always – it's always a good to fill your stomach before you are about to empty so many stubbies into it. Oh, I know someone's gone pretty corporate when they're serving lettuce. Ooh, la-di-da. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There was lettuce involved, man. And so were you keeping an eye on the Hawthorne game by the fact that if Hawthorne won, the whole game was null yeah. and void? Yes, it was up on the up on the uh, scoreboard. And even during the Carlton-Collingwood game, for whatever reason, and I don't know why they did this, they kept going back to the live ladder. And it was sort of like, well, it doesn't really matter because we have to win or draw. Like, there's no point in showing the live ladder. Every time we were behind, we are out of it. And when we are up, we're in. Yeah, there's no nuances with percentage. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, because I'm, I'm always watching yeah. the Hawthorne game, and they uh, they were showing the live ladder in terms of dogs and you, and then when your game began, they started showing like the Carlton percentage would start changing as well. Um, yeah, right. And and a big a big fuck you to Hawthorne too for absolutely. No, nah, we're happy to help out, mate. Not trying happy hard enough. You fucking low dog. So the Carlton game begins, and Carlton are shit at the start. Um, and Collingwood kind of let us off the hook. I think they kicked like maybe 2-5 and really yeah, couldn't uh, put us away early. Bad kicking. Bad kicking, and you know what that means. Mm. Bad football. Yeah, well, that's about to come back to Carlton <laughs> uh, in the later quarters. So we're going at half time, and, you know, I'm sitting there with my party pies, and I was really not happy with it, and... Um, I was wearing my Carlton Respects beanie, which is a uh, navy blue and orange. And someone said, it's because of your beanie. It's the wrong colours. We're not orange, you know. It's not for this. And oh, fuck. and so, I, you know what? I took it off and I switched seats of where I was sitting in the box. Jeez. And then Carlton, Carlton proceeded to kick 
eight goals to one in the third quarter. And, mate, the joint was fucking alive. I've been going nuts. So were they mainly Carlton supporters in the box? No, it was pretty. It was a pretty good split, actually. Okay. There was a... Yeah, it was about 50-50. There was even a, a small child in there who's a waste of space in there. Don't bring a child to the uh, corporate box. Nah, mate. You I know, mean, he, he can't enjoy it. And he's going he's gonna to be in really close proximity to some language that he shouldn't be hearing. I mean, I think when a, there's a kid in the corporate box, like for those four beers they have, like those four beers could have been mine or my friends, okay? The kids are hogging the beers. Exactly. Yeah, they're hogging the beers. They're getting in the way. You know, they're going to the bathroom when I need to go to the bathroom. It's like, mate, get the fuck out of my way. You little oh. Collingwood shit. <laughs> so we're going at three, going at three quarter time, and I, um, you know, was feeling obviously a lot better, but still, because Collingwood had done this so many times, you just go, they're gonna come. And then my friend Steph turned to me, and I think Carlton were just over four goals. We're about four minutes into the f- no. last quarter, no, she didn't. and she turned to me and said, "I reckon we've got this." No. No. And I was like, what are you, what, what are you saying? Don't no. say that. And from Steph. there, we proceeded to um, miss goals, miss targets, miss teammates, fuck up, let them just peg a goal back. Then, you know, six minutes later, get another one. And then some of the goals they were kicking were just like, oh, fucking spare me. Like, oh, yeah. uh, I think it was Ash Johnson, the guy they picked up in the mid-season draft. Yeah, yeah. He's just off two steps, done like almost like a Daryl White banana through the goals, and you're just like, oh, fuck off. And Jamie Elliott just doesn't miss, and they just kept coming, and then they got up, and we, because we're in the box, and you got the tally there, people were like, there's only a minute 30 to go, there's a minute 20. And then Corey Durden missed the target going inside 50, and you're just like, we're not even going to fucking draw it. And um, Cripps got done for holding the ball. You know, nothing on him, yeah. but like, he had to kind of make that move. But no. Uh, desperate times cause of desperate presence, but um, yeah, mate, dude, that final. And siren, then, though, so the f- like, siren goes, and I reckon I stood, I just sat there and stared out into the middle of the oval for about twenty minutes. Just didn't speak. Was just like numb, just looking out there. And because you're in a corporate box, that, that probably the only bonus to being in the court. Well, uh, part of the quite many bonuses of being in the corporate box is you hang around. So I didn't have to leave with everyone else you're there for another you know half hour 40 minutes after the game so you weren't uh, yep. caught in the masses of you know collingwood and carlton supporters who would have been you know there would have been some um some friction as people were exiting the ground that didn't really happen so that's kind of one of the very good benefits of being stuck in the corporate area all afternoon um actually i mean um, you talk about friction like uh, there's a clip i think on herald sun today and pretty much immediately after the final siren there is a, mm. a very quick punch on with uh, Collingwood and Carlton fans, but I imagine that would have been yes, yeah, that would have been a lot of banter out the front of the ground, yeah. So you, yes, yeah, absolutely. I think lucky. And I think so l- it was just lucky for the general public. You weren't let out yes. of the MCG until you yeah. cooled down. Yes, and so then um, go home. Just uh, you know, watch the replay. Just oh, absolutely love the replay. Love the replay. Um, and just kind of sat at home stunned and then went to bed and then woke up at three in the morning and all I could think of this morning when I'm laying in bed was the last quarter. And I lay there for like two hours just staring into the darkness thinking about the last quarter. <laughs> it was fucking horrific. Ah, oh, dude. Dude. I, I do... I can't imagine... Like, I feel for anyone who's had to go through that in a grand final. Like, you know... 
St Kilda supporters must see that Gary Ablett toe poke in their fucking dreams. Yeah, sure, sure. Oh, the Dom Shade kick for goal, yeah. 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 No, I um, I feel for you when I... No part of me at all found it a little bit funny. I just want to make that clear. No, absolutely no part of me at all found it slightly humorous. I just want to make it absolutely clear. I did get probably the most amount of texts I've ever gotten of, of sympathy from non-Carlton supporters yeah, yeah. who were just like, dude, so sorry. Yeah. Sorry that happened, you know. No, it was very much a UAK day for, for Adam yesterday. Yep, it really was. And I'm still, I'm still not. I'm still like just uh, at such a level of... Uh, yeah, it's it's numbness. It's just like this disbelief that we were so close. And I think that was the worst bit was that third quarter gave us so much hope and you're just like, fuck, we can do this. We're in we're playing finals footy here at this point. And then like how do you you're not gonna play you're not gonna go very far in the finals when you have two goalless quarters. I don't think that stands you in good stead. Has it ruined the finals for you, do you think? Like do you think moving forward, yeah, I mean you'll kind of recover over a few days. Do you feel like you mm. won't be able to get into the finals as much this year by the fact that you were so cruelly shut out? Yeah, I think so. Oh, well, as of today, yes, because normally, you know, my uh, season's over in April. So the only thing I've got to look forward to is, a, you know, a fun final series. And that way you go, I'm going to get to see some really good games. Yeah. But at the moment, I'm just like, none of those games hold any excitement for me. And I just couldn't give a fuck about any of the teams currently in there. But hopefully... As the days go on, I'll learn to, you know, I'll be able to pick out which teams I hope get embarrassed and go out in straight sets. But as for now, I can't, I don't have that feeling with him. No, dude, dude. Hey, you know what is going to cheer you up next week? What's that? It's our live show, Adam. Absolutely. Our live show at the European Beer Cafe. <laughs> our special guest, Cam Mooney, the big hairy cat. Uh, Damien yes. Elliot, uh, Damien Elliot, <laughs> Damien, Damien Fleming, Australian Damien cricket Fleming. legend, and of course um, the Velvet Sledgehammer, Matthew Lloyd. They're going to be joining us at 4pm yeah. at the European Beer Cafe. Tickets can be found at trybooking.com. Jump on board. It's going to be an awesome night, an awesome afternoon. Yes. As they always yeah. are. So August 28th at 4pm, European Beer Cafe. And uh, Cam Mooney was in the box for a little while uh, yesterday. So I actually got to have a really good chat with him. So he's going to be fantastic. He was like, mate, whatever you want to ask, I'll, I'll fucking answer it. He goes, I, I, you know, I just love talking about, you know, playing footy and stuff. So and any stories he got, any questions we've got to ask about his time in Geelong. That's going to be I sick. reckon he's going to be a bit of fun. Yeah. And also, you know, he started off in North Melbourne, so... There could be some uh, could be some questions headed in his direction about that. About a little bit of a quack quack, <laughs> <laughs> possibly, possibly. So it's going to be a fun afternoon, junk time. So hopefully we see your pretty little faces down there coming out, having a fun Sunday afternoon. There's no AFL footy on, of course. The AFLW will be right in the thick of it. So it's going to be a fantastic uh, weekend. I'm actually going to be. I've I've got a lot of trips to Melbourne coming up, but the the one I'm looking forward to this week also is going to the Hawthorne Essendon. Uh, AFLW uh, debut for both teams at Marvel Stadium, so that's going to be fucking sick. But also, we're bearing the lead, Adam, a little bit about the um, the live show by the fact that we have a little uh, four cans, four cans of amber nectar. Oh, of course, four cans of amber nectar that we've been talking up for about a month and a half now, I reckon. Uh, the chicken salt yep. flavored beer. So we will be doing a live taste testing 
of the chicken salt flavored beer that we were very much uh, kindly gifted by Steve, friend of the show. And um, and also, if you want to get in the front row, junk timers, we'll get little shot cups and um, get in the front row, and we'll try and hand out as much of the produce to our friends as possible, just so everybody can get a little get a little bit of a taste of that um, that amber nectar down their throat. Yep. Yep. To to feel what chicken salt tastes like in a liquid form. <laughs> as God intended it. As God intended it. But I, look, I think I think the real fun thing is just going to be talking to Matthew Lloyd about his old club because haven't they had the absolute Dude. and utter week from fucking hell. Dude. I mean, I know Carlton have had some fucking bad weeks, right? Yeah. And this this is how this is how much I was hoping, right? So I I'll probably perk up a little bit now because during the week I was like, I'm not going to enjoy it. I'm not going to, you know, get stuck into my Essendon um, mates because the gun could be I turned on your head. Come back. Yeah. yeah, I don't want Karma coming back yep. at me, and we'll probably lose to Collingwood by three goals. But we lost by a point. We're fucking out now, and God Almighty, that was so fucking enjoyable <laughs> watching Essendon just fucking torch the joint to the ground. It was amazing. Dude, I don't know I don't know where they go from here, right? Like okay, so in about a week, President mm. quit. Paul Brash got a new gone. president. Yep. Then seemed to be Kevin Sheedy pushing for a last ditch effort to grab Clarko before they got the signature at North. Yes. So apparently there'd been rumblings to try and get Clarko from about June. So we're, you know, late August now. And then they were like Half the board were like, no, 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 we'll stick with Ben Rutten. And the other half were like, fucking what? Go for Clarko. And then that, you know, they let that drag on and left it way too late. And then I think they want to talk about like, do we do like another internal review? Do we do an external review? Like there's all this kind of talk there. So essentially what happened is that Ben was going out with a club. Mm. The club then cheated on Ben with another coach. And then... For a few days, turned around to Ben and were like, "Nah, baby, I love you, man. I love you." <laughs> and then on Sunday, they just went, "Like, I don't know if they even called Rutten's bluff before he could do it. Like, like he had to kind of go through with round twenty-three. But like, would he have quit? Did they just kind of? Is it better for them to sack him so he gets paid out? I'm not really sure. Like, you know how you, how you word it, but like." I couldn't have seen Ben Rutten there next year, no, like no matter what, even if they didn't get rid of him, you know? Like, you'd have to leave. You'd have to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He couldn't stick around. Or you know what? I would, if I was Ben Rutten, though, if if someone had done that to you and you're like, no, nah, fuck you, and then you just stick around out of spite. You just coach a whole year out of spite for the board that's currently there. So I'm not sure where they go from now by the fact that, I mean, I think, was it Robbo or a few people putting up the name of James Hurd? Um, mm. I don't know what kind of coach. I mean, people talked about Clarko kind of having a conversation with them and then kind of going like, am I walking back into another Kennet? You know, I've got like Sheedy chirping away. Like, am I, I going to walk into another kind of, you know, someone who's going to say something ridiculous every five minutes and I've got to, I've got to deal with it. Like North is like, the, well, North it, is a safe option. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Well, cause in the very week that he, he's, you know, pretty much going to go to North, but he's listening to Essendon. Kevin Sheedy goes on Adelaide Radio and says Clarko is the man to take North Melbourne to Tasmania. Yeah. And so instantly he's just like, well, fuck that. I don't want to have to deal with a dickhead like that who's going to be saying shit behind my back. Because you've got to admit, Sheets is probably like still pseudo leader down there, isn't he? He's calling the shots. I reckon they would um, 
uh, put a lot of weight into what he says, even though it could be yeah. ridiculous. But you kind of go, well, he's, you know, he said fifty ridiculous things in the past that have come true. So maybe yeah. this fifty first one will come true. And so he apparently uh, Sheeds was against Rutten. So he was never a fan of Rutten and kind of had. I think he was in the go get Clarko camp early, and no one listened to yeah, him. Yeah, gotcha. But it was a bit yuck, like in the rooms. Like Ben Rutten's kind of there, kind of half in tears, oh. and like people don't know where to look, and no one's really kind of like the. I imagine he was like hugging family and stuff, but like no one from the club was really there, kind of by his side. Like it was all a bit just. You're all a bunch of fucking cunts. <laughs> well, I think I think too because you go, you're gonna sack me, and you're gonna do it tomorrow. But it's just you have to, you got to like pretend. Like, isn't that a, a really mean thing to make him? You know, pretend to coach. Like, yeah. he's talking to the players, going, "Hey, this is how we can beat Richmond." The players are he, like, Rutten doesn't believe that. He's the players are sitting there going, "Well, he's not going to be our coach in 24 hours." They don't believe they're going to beat Richmond, so it's all just a. A sham. They should have just called the game. Well, off. I thought about that after the game because after the game, surely they went into the rooms and like he had a, a chat to them. And like, what do you say? Like, he's not going to be like, hey, next year we'll come back bigger and better. It'd be like, hey, guys, in 24 hours, I'm going to get a tap on the shoulder. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I guess, you know, he just comes out and says, I'm proud of you. Sorry, it hasn't kind of gone the way we yeah. want. You know, but but you guys are a great group, and I see good things for you. That's what he'd oh, say. Well, we should be coach, man. That came that came to your head very quickly. And then and then you go, except for you, you, and mm. you, and you do like a live exit interview. Yep. that would be a fucking lot of fun. Yeah, and then you just tee off on Michael Hurley for half an hour, going, "You're weak, mate. Who gets an infection? <laughs> Who gets an infection?" <laughs> or you go up to Hurls and you go, "How much?" Um, hospital grade uh, pharmaceuticals have you got left over <laughs> can I have a couple of endone just to take the edge off while I go back out and fucking face the cameras so Clarko to North which is um, mm. ma- it's actually a massive move like that would be like one of the biggest coaching coups in a long time and um, yeah I would have thought so, so but, but before you say that like before Clarko so you did say Essendon need to they've come out and said that they want to get someone with experience so they've basically really pigeonhole them into like there's maybe four or five coaches out there that they could get with experience and you go through the usual routine so Ross Lyon will get a call um mm. I mean I don't know do you call a Ken Hinckley or something like um do you call who else would you call Don Pike Don Pike yeah I suppose so um Mick Malthouse obviously you got to give him a call absolutely <laughs> yeah why wouldn't you yeah uh, Mark Neal I mean he knows the Peter place Peter Road. you got to give Peter Road a call and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's tricky, man, because they're talking about Adam Uze maybe firming for the favourite to be the um, Giants coach. I mean, Leon Cameron probably get a call. Maybe David Noble will get a call. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. That's not bad. David David Noble's going in to run the St Kilda uh, external review, which I found interesting. You just kind of like, I would find it. I, I know, I know, he's had you know a um, background in in clubland and stuff, and it's, this is his first foray into coaching, but I'd just be like, oh, I'm not taking anything from that fucking loser. You know what they should do? They should give Malcolm Blight mm. a call. They should give Malcolm Blight a call. We've missed him. Yeah. I haven't seen him on TV for a long time. Like, he's probably up on the Goldie playing golf or something right now, but I reckon give Malcolm Blight a call. Yeah. Offer him $3 yeah. million a year. Um, put him in the same room as Sheeds and just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Get it all happening. But, but you're right. North 
Clark out of North, it probably is the biggest signing since, um, what would you say, like Barassi went back to Melbourne. Well, uh, like maybe, maybe Blighty, coup. like from, from 20 years ago, actually. Oh, yeah. Or even Malthouse to West uh, to Collingwood. That was pretty yep. big when he got unveiled in the Volvo. Yep. yep. Um, uh, Clarko talked about how they'd been good to him when he was a younger player. And um, I think mm. it was when his brother passed away and they said he was very good to them. And um, and also, I think we've said this before in the past, like he's on the pod. He's, he's not frightened of a basket case by the fact, you know, he went to Hawthorne when they were they were nothing. Um, now, Dad, yeah. they did pick up Buddy, Ruffy and Jordan Lewis in one draft within about five picks of yes. each other. Um, so they don't grow on trees. But it shows he's not terrified of, you know, walking into a team that, you know, has a lot of uh, possible upside. But uh, we'll see how that comes. But if you if yeah if you're a North fan or a North player, it gives you the the the, the, the exciting word of hope. You know, yeah. you're just there next year. You go in round one. You see, you know, you probably instantly see a defensive structure that probably wasn't there, and you're like, hey, you know, we could if if with Clarko there, this team could easily win three games next year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or they could pinch four. You know, there's just that's on the horizon. North fans, you've got aim big. Like don't. Don't put a cap on expectations. Five ga- five games. You no, you're win. right. You're right. And the run on memberships too. It's going to be sound mean. But the run on memberships yeah. during the week, and I think North Melbourne <laughs> actually broke the record and they cracked the 15,000 mark. Okay, well done, North Melbourne. Is that right? Well done, North yeah. Melbourne. 15,000 members. Nothing to be sniffed at. No, you've done well. I actually heard um, the president of North, um, Sonia Hood, on um, uh, Crunch Time on SEN on Saturday. And yep. um, at the end of the interview, and she talked about, you know, the process, how they found Clark and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but then at the end, they put a question to her about uh, will Benamafio be CEO next year? And to say that Benamafio is a G-O-N-E gone is an understatement. She really? said something along the lines of like, oh, look, I'm just currently focusing on the present. I'm paraphrasing, but like it was something like that. And it was like, Oh, he is fucking gone. Like totally, totally non-committal. Does maybe is that because Clarko loves his Australian cricket? He thinks that when Amafio was at uh, Cricket Australia, that you know, he fucked it up for he's him. He's big on that, yeah. Like he, um, yeah. Part of the um, deal with Clarko is that he's actually furious about the collapse of the Big Bash. Like you said, you know, yeah. it was, you know, five years ago yeah. it was going great guns, but nowadays, like, mm-hmm. no one's showing up. There's about 125 games. Yeah, um, yeah it's a sham. It's actually in Clarko's contract. Like, Big Bash needs to be <laughs> reduced in <laughs> games. Yeah. <laughs> now, you, Michael, you took a bullet for this show, I believe. I did take a bullet. So, you told your Carlton story uh, earlier. I'm going to tell my Carlton story. So, I went to my um, um, sister and her family's house yesterday to... um. Uh, you know, say hello to them. Hadn't seen them in about three or four weeks, and um, in Melbourne, and um, uh, I watched kind of the second half of the Hawthorne game by the time I got there. Yep, and then watched about uh, a quarter of the Collingwood Carlton game, and then had to head to the airport to go and yep. catch the plane back to Sydney. Right, and uh, so. I uh, got on the train, doing very well. Um, saw Carlton making a comeback, all that jazz. I uh, got on the Sky Bus again, doing very well. Um, really well. Watched uh, probably a quarter on the bus. Uh, getting down to about 
the five-minute mark, five minutes left in the final quarter. Watched it on my phone. And then got off the bus, went to go and check in. And How many people are on Skybus? It's actually pretty packed, actually. Yeah. Saturday morning coming, yeah, out, right. coming down from Sydney was a bit of a nightmare. Uh, but luckily, going um, uh, flying back last night was actually quite quiet. Like, not too many people around. Okay. Yep. And so I'm walking through the terminal and I actually see a bloke who is looking at his phone as well. And I see that he's watching the game, like literally down to like the final two minutes. And yep. we kind of see, we notice each other. And we kind of go, hey, I'm watching. Hey, you're watching. And we kind of almost like fist bumped phones. <laughs> yep. And um, and then he went, go pies. And then I realized, I was like, because we're in the Qantas section. So I was like, oh, sorry, mate. No, no. Jetstars, Terminal 4. You got to go down to Terminal 4. <laughs> <laughs> Jetstar to Bali, Terminal 4. And then I actually walked past the Eiffel Kitchen Bar and Grill, a uh, kitchen bar, sorry. Mm. And um, there was actually a crowd out the front of about thirty people watching the final minute. Oh, yeah, because wow. like, I, I walked past it. And I was like, "There's," I was like, "Oh, that's a big line." And then I realised they were all watching. The, there's a screen kind of that you can watch the game on. So they're watching that, and then the, the so- see rookie mistake Eiffel Kitchen and Bar. You have it inside the venue, so people go in and buy shit. You have it in the front. Like in uh, the front window, then you get that, and, and that's what not happens. Not so much in the front window; it's kind of next to the bar. So you, to get a better view, you could go in there, but you can still make yeah. it out from um, from outside. Yeah. And then the siren went, and I was like, "Okay, so Rosie's going to be pretty down." Okay, anything could happen. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, "Okay, we need some positive content for this show." And so I thought to myself, okay, I'll go and check in my bags. Okay, that took like five minutes, nothing at all. And I've got a bit of time to wait around. I'm like, I'm going to go in. This celiac, who should not be doing this, okay? Yeah. This, the celiac is going to go into the Eiffel Kitchen and Bar and order a premiership pepperoni. Oh, yeah. Just so I can give a review and we can have a bit of positive content on this show, Okay. How much was the Premiership pepperoni? I think it was about 25 I think. They do actually really fucking stiff you on the prices there. Fuck yeah, no. they re- actually do. They actually do stiff you. How long did it take to come out? It came was out. There, did, would you imagine there's a person out the back putting a lot of love into the Premiership pepperoni well, or did they just unwrap it from a no, box? No, well, I'll get to what it, what it tastes like in a few minutes. But um, it probably took about 15 to come out, maybe not even that long. And I sat okay. in the um, Simon Black chair. Good chair. Because they have, chair. Um, if, uh, I think we've said before, but like uh, they have tables and like they're kind of on the chairs, like the names of Brownlow medalists, like, you know, for certain years. So I actually, Simon Black chair is next to the Ben Cousins chair and I wanted to sit in the Ben Cousins chair, <laughs> but someone's phone was on there being charged. So I was like, ah, fuck, that's taken. Um, yeah. And also what I found is that I looked around and come on AFL, but like some of the stickers of the names have fallen off. So, like, you know, it would say, like, Simon Black, but the K's fallen off or been scratched off. Yeah, right. And then also they have, like, little things, like, kind of giving information about each team, but they're from the beginning of 2021. I'm like, come on, AFL, update so the shit. Update. Yeah, so yeah. it was like, you know, yeah, there was yeah, the Hawthorne yeah. one. It was like, you know, you know, Alistair Clarkson's Hawthorne's going into 2021, you know, confident with these recruits and blah, blah, blah. It's like, guys, come on, you know, just yeah. need to fill that out. Wait. 
two seasons away from that. So I got my premiership pepperoni. So mm. first instinct, not too big, not too small, nice size. Um, I would have liked a bit more pepperoni. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're a premiership player. You've earned it. And now this might be by the fact that can I've, I have, you know, gluten-free pizza. And the gluten, and you might have had that as well. Like gluten-free pizza bases, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Like it's not as fluffy, you know, not as bouncy yeah. as a regular pizza base. And so maybe it was because I haven't had one of these pizza bases in possibly two decades. I want to tell the junk timers out there that the premiership pepperoni at the AFL Kitchen Bar Mm. Is fucking delicious. It is so fucking good. It is so fucking good. Fucking melts in your mouth. Cheese is beautiful. Again, I would like more pepperoni. But I fucking devoured that fucking thing. And then about half an hour later, was like, I should not have devoured that fucking thing. (laughs) So actually, when I got back to Sydney, I had to go down to the supermarket. I had to get... A little bit of laxatives to kind of keep things moving, Adam. And um, <laughs> actually, it was one of those occasions where I was happy that we did actually have self-serve checkouts at supermarkets because I actually noticed I needed toilet paper as well. So I went down to the supermarket yep. and I got toilet paper and laxatives. And so laxatives, imagine I took yeah, that right. to the checkout, just going like, well, yeah. you know what I'm going to be up to, love? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I know. It's how I keep yourself so white. But the premiership like. pepperoni is fucking delicious. And I, um, okay. I, 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 I imagine the midfielder's margarita would be as nice. But actually, even I actually recorded a little bit of an intro uh, because we have a podcast coming out in the next couple of days. We went down on Saturday night to Fox Studios to interview the gang from Best on Ground on Fox Footy. And so I actually recorded a bit of a preamble because I was going to put that up last night. And I actually recorded the preamble in the AFL kitchen and bar. And it kind of... The, Is that there right? was too much music when I listened back and so you couldn't hear me properly. So in theory, yep. I have recorded a podcast at the AFL kitchen and bar as people have called for us to do a live show there one day. But I, I encourage everybody... Because when we talked to Gil in March at the pre-season thing, mm. we talked about, you know, do you take the family there on a Tuesday night to the airport to go to the AFL kitchen and bar? Yeah. Given my experience with the Premiership Pepperoni, I actually will encourage people to take the family to Tullamarine to the Aval Kitchen and Bar to get the Premiership Pepperoni. Uh, it was delicious. It was delicious. Okay. Okay. So maybe Clarko should have gone to Essendon because he would have been closer. He would have been closer to the, the Aval Kitchen and Bar. Kitchen and Bar. Okay. I encourage everyone. Uh, Footballers in real life? Yes, I have one, um, which probably isn't as great as it uh, could have been. But uh, Wednesday night, there's a new... Um, a new pub that, or a, a pub that's kind of reopened here in North Fitzroy, um, near Wayne Jackson Studios, called the Royal Oak, which um, I know some of the owners are. And I was there, and Charlie Kerner. Oh, okay. Was out there having dinner with some mates on the Wednesday night. I didn't see what he ordered. I didn't see him having a drink. So, you know, check yourself, Blues fans. I don't think he was on it, but um, yeah, he was out there. Came in a very low key. He's got a beanie on. You probably wouldn't recognise him, but someone I knew went up and said good day to him. I was like, oh. Charlie Kerno. I uh, landed at Melbourne Airport on Saturday and I saw the Melbourne Storm in real life. Uh, I'm not sure who they'd been playing, who they'd come down maybe on the, from that Friday night, but um, uh, there are some big motherfuckers in that team. Some big motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. I saw those guys doing a training session at Fitzroy Pool once and they are massive. Yeah, dude. Like they were like intimidatingly big. Um, from Roland, football in real life, I went down to Arden Street to check out. Cunningham's VFL return match a couple of weeks ago while I'm... Cunnington. Uh, Cunnington, sorry. What did I say? Cunningham. Um, yeah, while did. I'm standing there pondering what mischief Taron Thomas has done to be stuck in the VFL, 
the pride of Devonport himself, Ben Brown, is standing near me with his family cheering Cunnington on. Although everyone knows his set shot routine well, many would not know Ben Brown is also one of the better people in the AFL. I would imagine that. Oh, well, there you go. I would definitely imagine that. Yeah. He seems like a nice bloke. Uh, I actually, for a moment when I read that, I'd totally forgotten that Ben Brown's at Melbourne. Like, I actually, yeah, I actually, in my head, he was still a North Melbourne player. Uh, North Melbourne at heart. How about that? Yes. Yeah. From Chris, uh, ex-football in real life, John O'Brown picking up his Saturday morning paper on Mailing Road, Canterbury. No takeaway coffee in sight. Assuming he's sorted one of those whiz-bang home coffee makers and grinders. Must be doing very well for himself. <laughs> uh, could have a side gig as a tradie given the massive Toyota truck he climbed into. Uh, do not pin him for an AeroPress-type operator. Is that a coffee machine, do you think? AeroPress? Possibly, yeah. I think so, yeah. From Luke, long-time listener, first-time footballer in real life. This weekend, my partner and I were at our local cafe having a late breakfast. Ah, oh, someone's doing well. We had just mm. gotten our food when I spotted... Uh, one Riley West, he was in his full Bulldogs tracksuit, so a little hard to miss. He left pretty quickly with an order of coffee, a wrap, and miscellaneous takeaway container. Uh, we then finished our meal, then spotted another son of the West in Lockie Hunter. Once again, full Bulldogs tracky and the same order. As I've seen a few dogs plays there before, I was planning on sticking around to see if any more would show up, but my partner was adamant that would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hi. Thank you, Luke. Keep them coming. Don't forget our live show next week. Matthew Lloyd, Cam Mooney, Damien Fleming, and our chicken salt beer tasting. Get in the front row. We can try and give you a sample. We are going to hit the road. We yep. are Junk Time Alpha Pod at Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, and the gram. Go. Fuck footy. <laughs>